BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets will rematch against the Cleveland Cavaliers, same team they took to the wire uh, just the other day on Sunday. Unfortunately, fell 114 to 108. They'll try and get some instant revenge. We'll have our game preview of that one. Also, look, it's that time of year. We're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. Some strategies from our guest on how he likes to fill out his bracket. Is it based off color? Mascot? We'll find out. Uh, also, we're going to look at this current crop of Hornets players. And look at the ones that could actually still be playing in the NCAA tournament. Different sports handle their young players differently, not suggesting that any of them would or should be put back. But if this were, say, NCAA hockey, where uh, you can have guys drafted but still play for their college teams, what would those squads look like? We'll talk about that here with our guest today. He is the senior writer for Hornets.com and one of our favorites here for another Two Sams edition of the Hornets Hivecast, Sam Perley. Sam, thanks so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here in studio with you. Uh, Let's start off with the tournament. Uh, I know the second the brackets came out, that was actually the middle of the game the other night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but it's it's instinct. Everyone just automatically looks at it, starts moving things around. Do you have a personal Sam Perley strategy on how you like to fill out your bracket? Not at all. Truthfully, I don't watch a ton of college basketball. I kind of keep up with it, and during the season, I think I kind of know who the heavy hitters are and kind of who's at the top a little bit, but uh, for the most part, I didn't go to a big Division One basketball school or anything, so I don't have really a, a dog in the fight or anything. Um, my dad did go to the University of Vermont, though, and I have a Go lot Catamounts. Of, yes, the Catamounts, and I had a lot of family members who went 
either. I think they're a 15 seed against Marquette in one of the the regions. So uh, I do like to root for them. I don't know how confident I would feel about picking them. But in terms of strategy, I think it's, um, I don't know, you kind of look at sort of the teams. Uh, I think you kind of narrow each of the regions down. Like, is it a one, two, three, or four? You know, you kind of look at those top teams. Is anybody injured? How well are they playing? Um, but ultimately, it's... It's all just luck. I mean, it is. I don't know that it's all just luck. It's um, always. It feels like it's luck. I think there's a little bit of preparation and a little bit of research you can do in it, but there's always just like inevitably, like last year with St. Peter's, a 15 seed going to well, the Elite okay. Eight, like something like that is bound to happen, which I think is always kind of what makes the NCAA tournament so fun is just seeing that Cinderella team just win two or three games out of nowhere or 16 seed here in charlotte a few years ago umbc winning a first round game so i don't really have any strategies my 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 thoughts on it are one try not to overthink it try and stick to the top four seeds when in doubt you know use the chalk because that's just how historically it goes and then i also like to look at geography the tournament's a lot of fun and i had the pleasure of uh, covering it a a couple of times uh, in my route up here to the nba but I do think the quote-unquote home court advantage matters, and it didn't happen this year, but when Duke or North Carolina, say, was in Greensboro, just kind of write them on to the next couple of rounds in the bracket because they're going to they're gonna basically walk through whoever is put in their path and has the disadvantage of having to play one of those teams in their home state. So that didn't happen this year in Greensboro, but sometimes if there's a team like an Auburn or an Alabama playing in Birmingham, that's a tough draw for whoever has to go up against them in addition to those two being very good teams. Yeah, I think that actually did happen is uh, Auburn is playing Iowa. Jack Bransgard in our communication department has Iowa Hawkeyes in the 8-9 matchup in the Midwest region. So that's a good point with the geography. I hadn't, that's something I hadn't really thought about. I believe another one, too, is Iona is playing UConn in Albany. Um, although I know UConn isn't terribly far from Albany, but it does seem to give a little bit of a helping hand to Iona. But yeah, regions is a good one. Just how they've been trending lately. Obviously, injuries is a factor. I don't know. Does experience matter? Do you have teams that you know that played last year that went on runs? I mean, how much do you look at last year's results compared to how you think teams going into uh, this year? In terms of for what Hornets fans should be looking for, the, the last thing you brought up, seniority and, and experience in the tournament, it's kind of an odd thing because a lot of the top-rated prospects, the people that are going to be in the top 10 to 15 of just about any NBA draft, they tend to be younger players and oftentimes are not the best players on their current college team, which is something head coach Steve Clifford and, and others have brought up, that we're in a different era right now that players coming into the NBA aren't just inexperienced overall in terms of basketball, but inexperienced specifically in being the leaders of a really good college team, whereas in previous eras you would have, say, Michael Jordan, who had already led his school to a national championship, had been an elite player and an elite scorer on an elite program and led that team. Now that's not always the case. Even amongst the top picks, they're oftentimes not the best player, not the top scorer on their team. I mean, there has been some situations and some examples of teams kind of coming in with these big, loaded freshman classes and then going on to win a championship. Um, I would say, for the most part, it doesn't happen that often. Like you said, it, it seems to be teams that are kind of comprised, at least their cores are comprised, a lot of like third, fourth-year guys, upperclassmen, juniors, seniors. Maybe you have a couple kind of uh, highly touted freshmen kind of sprinkled in there a little bit, but it seems like you know the last several years, you know, you look at those like Villanova teams, you look at you know Virginia that won a few years ago, it always felt like they were kind of 
they had a lot of like upperclassmen. So it's just different strategies that college basketball programs take, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just whatever you think is going to be the best route to putting yourself in the best position to win a championship. Well, sticking with the thought that older players, more experienced players, would help certain teams win an NCAA championship, uh, we are going to do a little exercise here. We oftentimes, when the, the bracket comes out, we like to look at the current Hornets roster and talk about, all right, who, who had the best run when they were a member of their March Madness squad? And the clear answer right now is Gordon Hayward because he made it to the championship game and had that iconic shot, the shot that would have been the greatest shot in NCAA tournament history had it gone down for Butler. But we're going to look at it from a slightly different angle. If current NBA draft picks were still allowed to play for their college teams or you know, if they had eligibility left and we were able to put them back onto their roster – what would it look like? We're going to look at the Hornets players who that could be a factor for or could have been a factor for next here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sam Farber and Sam Burley here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. It is March Madness time. We will go ahead and look at tonight's game, Hornets versus the Cavaliers, with our game preview in a moment. But I want to take a quick second and look at the Hornets roster. There are four players on the team right now who, in theory, could have or would have had college eligibility, and the school that they left to join the NBA ranks via the draft is in the tournament. So we're going to look at these teams and want to throw it to you, Sam Perley. Who would have had the biggest impact had they still been 
on their college roster. Your choices are James Booknight. He'd be a senior right now for UConn, who's a four seed in the West. Mark Williams obviously made the Final Four run a season ago. Duke, the ACC tournament champions, are the five seed in the East. There's JT Thor, who, if he were still in college, would actually just be a junior right now, two years in the NBA, and he'd only be a junior. That's kind of hard to believe. They're the nine seed in the Midwest, and they are matched up with Houston, which is really interesting because those games are in the state of Alabama. Houston has got the chance to have home court advantage in theory if they made it all the way to the Final Four because that's where those games are going to be played. But they could be in a 9-1 game, Houston being the 1, Auburn being the 9, where Auburn is in its home state for that one. So that could have been interesting with with JT Thor there. And then last but not least, there's Kai Jones. Kai would be a senior if he were still in college right now. He did play in one NCAA tournament game. It was actually an upset loss against Abilene Christian. But of all the teams that current Hornets left to go into the draft that if we were to give them their eligibility back, they could still be playing right now in theory. Kai Jones, Texas Longhorns would actually be a two seed in the Midwest, maybe uh, the most impactful. So however you want to take it, which one would have the biggest impact on their college team? Which one would be the one most likely to make the deepest run? What do you think there? I think I'm going to go with, maybe this is the easy way out, but I think Mark Williams. I mean, he was really, really good his second year at Duke. I think coming in, you know, five-star recruit, kind of got his feet wet a little bit. You know, there was obviously a lot of talent around him, and I think, want to say his freshman season was kind of the all over the place the 2021 season with you know health and safety protocols and games kind of getting rearranged but his second year at Duke I mean he was really really good he was ACC defensive player of the year big time defensive presence down there and I think uh, I'm very confident. I'm sure you would agree that his game is going to be perfect for the NBA. You've seen it already. Rim protection, just his putbacks, screening, things like that. I think he's getting more accustomed to the NBA game. The college game might be a little bit more. I mean, his game was also very well suited for the college game in terms of sort of that back to the basket post play. There's a little bit less spacing. I mean, he was just so much more physical than you know some of the guys he played with at Duke. So uh, while played against while he was at Duke, so I'd probably go Mark Williams. I think you know I, I think Duke is uh, what are they six five seed five, five seed in the five east. seed in the east. So yeah, I think if you put Mark Williams back on that Duke team, I think he would have no problem kind of sliding right back into his college days. But um, yeah, he's obviously taking a big step here with the Hornets, and you can see how his game is transitioned from being so good in college. He's adapting to the NBA game, and I think he's only going to get better. Obviously, at the NBA level hopefully shooting a little bit more, a little bit more floor spacing, things like that down the line. Well, look, there's no question any of these guys on the Hornets would clearly have an enormous impact on a college team if they were back on it. So that there's no question about that. Uh, the Rob rules are in effect. I have to pick someone different, but I would have had someone different anyways. As much as we love Mark Williams, and I agree with you, clearly would have had a big impact, would have been the starting center for Duke this season. But Duke kind of already has a couple of bigs on the team. They're not Mark Williams, but they, they do have some stars. We're not named in anyone right now, but you could look up their roster. There are other players there. The one team that would really benefit from having a current Hornet back on their college roster, I think, is Texas. For all the success they've had, they don't have a big-time rebounder on that squad. They don't have a guy that has the kind of athleticism. Well, no one has a guy that has the kind of athleticism of Kai Jones. He is a unique. He is a somewhat unicorn-type player in terms of having Olympic leaping abilities combined with some basketball skill there. So, 
Kai Jones, for me, would have the biggest impact. And Texas is already a two-seed, even though it's a very guard-dominated team. I think you put Kai Jones on that squad, probably giving Kansas a run for their money in the Big 12. They already did and would likely be one of the favorites in the NCAA tournament, not that they aren't already as a two-seed. Yeah, and I think uh, going along the same lines there, just big guys. I think college basketball, especially when you get into the NCAA tournament, it just feels like it's just so much more. It's like playoff basketball in the NBA. It's so much more slowed down. Everything's in half court. And that's why it's the possession game is just it's it's not this up and down launching threes, just fast pace. I mean the games are shorter too. I mean they're they're eight minutes shorter when you all add it up. So I think having a big rebounder and a guy that can draw fouls, hit free throws too, I think is very, very important. Um when teams you know, we'll be completely honest, the college players just aren't as good as the NBA players. That's where they're in college. So the defense nearly isn't nearly as good, the shooting isn't nearly as good. It's obviously is still very entertaining to watch and in and great high level basketball, particularly when you get into the NCAA tournament. But having a big guy like Mark Williams or having a big guy like Kai Jones that can just take over a game, uh, whether it's rebounding, getting possessions, putbacks, drawing fouls, drawing double teams, scoring easy points down in the post. I mean, that's really, really valuable for a team in the tournament because with everything is just kind of so slowed down and half court, it's I think we're both on the same page there in terms of which guy we would uh, put back on his former team. It's a, a dream matchup that we won't get to see in terms of Texas versus Duke in an NCAA tournament March Madness Final Four meeting, but it is one that we get to see in practice just about every day right now for the Hornets, those two big men going head-to-head on the Hornets practice gym floor and have both been able to combine for some nice performances over the last couple of weeks, Kai Jones and Mark Williams. All right, they'll be in action. The Hornets will, again, the Cavaliers tonight, round two in this back-to-back third meeting of the season. We'll give you our game preview after this here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. 
chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you on the HHC. The Hornets getting ready for a rematch against Cleveland's the third meeting of the season. They played back in November, a double overtime affair. Uh, Sam Purley, I'm sure you recall that was one where Charlotte really had no business forcing overtime. They had a miraculous run in the final minute to make up roughly a 10-point gap. Terry Rozier, a huge three in the corner to tie that game up and force overtime. In the extra session, it was Garland and Mitchell that were able to kind of take the game over. Garland hit a big three on a kick out off an offensive rebound to force the second overtime and in that second overtime the Cavs were able to pull away for a 10 point win. The other day Charlotte had a 16 point lead late in the third quarter only to see it evaporate and disappear a 114 to 108 victory for Cleveland in the game the other day and now they'll meet for the second time in as many contests third time overall and we'll see if third try is the charm for the Charlotte Hornets. We need a player to watch for each team as well as a statistic to watch. Sam Purley, where would you like to begin? I will go player to watch. Um, and on the Hornets, you just mentioned briefly, Terry Rozier, seven 20-point games in his last eight outings, had 27 the other night against the Cavs. I want to say he had 13 in the third quarter. Uh, was a big reason they got out to that 16-point lead and unfortunately couldn't finish it off. Uh, also had six assists and four steals. Had to take on a, a kind of a much bigger load with Kelly Oubre not available on top of obviously LaMelo Ball not being available. Um, you know, something he admitted afterwards is the turnovers got to clean that up just a little bit. He took some responsibility afterwards saying, you know, he, he just was a little came up short, I guess, in that area. So clean up the turnovers a little bit. The shot was falling, you know, good job defending. I, th- I think Terry Rogier is, you know, going to be the guy the Hornets are going to need to have a big scoring performance again tonight. Hopefully he can kind of keep this run going. I'm going to go with the guy who was his backcourt mate last game. And we're, we're staying away from the injury stuff because it, it, it seems a little up in the air right now. There's nothing definitive about as of now to say that anyone who missed last game will certainly play or not play in tonight's game. So we're just going to stay away from it for the moment. Uh, But I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr., who got the start the other day and I thought he played really well. 14 points, 5 of 14 shooting. That's kind of in line, maybe a little under what he's done most of the season, but not bad. 4 for 4 from the line, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals. He had a really, really good defensive game, as well as moving the ball around. But that was a contest, and, and this, this isn't a, a knock on the officials from that game, but it was called tighter than an average NBA game was. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you see... Games called looser and uh, not that players can get away with more, but they're just not going to have the same level of contact necessitate a foul as in other games. And sometimes they're called tighter. And I thought that last one was that way. That is to Dennis Smith Jr.'s disadvantage most of the time because he is a very good on ball defender. He's not afraid of contact. And if they're going to call lighter contact, that's not going to help out Dennis Smith Jr. out there. That said, he still stole the ball three times. He accumulated four fouls. I don't think that impacted his minutes, 37 out there. But I think in a game that is called less strictly, where he's getting a little bit more leeway in terms of what contact is allowed, particularly guarding the ball, not on shots. I'm talking about just on the ball. He's going to have an even better game. So he's needed to have that because you're going up against Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, arguably one of the best backcourts in the NBA, certainly one of the best in the Eastern Conference. So he's going to take one of those guys at all times. And uh, Dennis Smith Jr., my pick for Hornets player to watch. 
mostly for the defensive side, even though offensively he had a really strong game and is on a really strong run over the last couple of weeks. All right, where do you want to go next? A Cavs player or a stat to watch? I will go Cavs player. Um, the Cavs player to watch, uh, from my perspective, is going to be Darius Garland again. He had 41 points against the Hornets back in November in that double overtime win for the Cavs, loss for the Hornets. Didn't have quite that many on Sunday, but was still really, really good. 28 points. I think he had 13 in the second quarter. Big reason why they were kind of able to get, I think, within seven at halftime also had six assists coming off a one game absence at the time i think he missed cleveland's previous game with a quad contusion uh seemed to lose a little steam in the second half i think he only had nine points was one of six from the field did a great job drawing contact he was seven eight from the line in the second half i think he had 13 free throw attempts overall which was tied for his second most in any game this season too so still found a way to contribute even when his shot started to not drop as much in that second half i mean he's just so crafty with the ball and just the way he can kind of get to his spots and the little floaters he has has in the mid-range I mean he's a threat to score from anywhere on the court and like you said combined with Donovan Mitchell I mean the backcourt is just really really good it's it's almost like just a pick your poison kind of thing too so Darius Garland I'm assuming is going to have another uh, hopefully not have another big night but is certainly going to be assumingly a, a big part of the the Cavs offense tonight and I would expect Terry Rozier to have a lot of uh, time on him defensively as well as Dennis Smith Jr. as well. Terry does like these matchups against Cleveland he seems to thrive against the Cavs uh, we'll see how he fares against both those guys as well but yeah good pick there with Garland I'm gonna look in the middle I'm gonna go with Evan Mobley I didn't think it was his strongest game he was kind of around his season averages when it was all said and done but took a lot of late fouls and trips to the to the stripe to get there finished with 18 points nine rebounds and uh, did not have a block shot actually in that win over the Hornets most recently look I, I think for Charlotte as much as you have to focus on the guards because they're incredible scorers the pain is the key here and the Hornets were hampered by being down a couple of big-time scorers, uh, had a very good three-point shooting game, both for themselves and for the NBA in general last time out, but they lost in the paint 56-52. to They lost in terms of offensive rebounds 11-7. to They lost in terms of second-chance points 13-3, to and Evan Mobley is going to be the leader for the Cavs on all of those fronts. So for Charlotte, controlling Evan Mobley even better than you did the time before and giving yourself, hopefully, an advantage in terms of second-chance points and the like, I think that will go a long way for the Hornets. So Evan Mobley, the guy I have circled for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Last but not least, we need a stat to watch. Yeah, my stat to watch, I think it was kind of a big one, an obvious one after the game on Sunday is free throw attempts. Cavs took 34 free throw attempts in the game. 22 of them were in the second half. Charlotte took 22 uh, through the entire game and it's the free throws and the fouling I think it just down the stretch too I think they had something like nine fouls in the fourth quarter it got into the bonus very early uh, and when you do that in the fourth quarter I think they were I just ballpark maybe seven six minute mark of the fourth quarter I mean it just really really kind of changes the dynamic of how you're going to defend in that final five minutes where you're looking at it it's now a one two possession kind of game so got to clean up the fouling a little bit the free throw attempts particularly with Garland and Mobley I think they both had double digit attempts Uh, I want to say they combined for maybe 24 of the 34 something like that so fouling's got to be something that is tightened up a little bit for the Hornets tonight they can't be sending the Cavs to the line particularly in the fourth quarter quarter where you know every single possession is that much more important they can't be giving away free throws 
every single possession because it just puts such a a toll on the defense in terms of how you defend and also on the offense too in terms of having to respond on every single possession can't argue with it and again the Hornets lost by six they saw the Cavs make nine more free throws than Charlotte did and attempt 12 more free throws so some of it I think again going back to earlier comment was based on how the game was officiated it was tighter on both sides and uh, in a certain respect that was to the Hornets disadvantage because of how good Garland and Mitchell and Mobley, for that matter, are at drawing contact. But on the other hand, you know, you just have to find ways to be better and, and improve in that fast of the game, defending without fouling. I'm going to go to turnovers, and it's not so much because the points off turnovers swung so heavily to the Cavs. They were plus 13 compared to the Hornets on points off turnovers in a game that was decided by six. But just because the Hornets are, are shooting the ball well right now, I think their offense is flowing really well. They had 25 assists on 41 made baskets. Compare that to Cleveland, they had 18 assists on 41 made baskets, so a lot more individual play going on on the other side for Cleveland Hornets, really well connected, and Terry Rozier's had three really strong games at the point guard position, but turnovers are a a bit of an issue, and so with Charlotte shooting the ball well right now, you want them to get more shots, get more attempts up there on the rim. Best way to do that is not give away the possession. So, yes, it's important to not give Cleveland the easy runouts, but I think it's more important for the Hornets to maximize their opportunities, particularly while they're shorthanded. So turnovers, my stat to watch. We will look forward to bringing this one to you tonight on the Hornets Radio Network, our flagship station, 92.7 Sports Radio WFNZ. You can also watch the game on Valley Sports Southeast with the great Eric Collins, Del Curry, and Ashley Shamity on the call. Most of all, we'd love to see you join us at The Hive. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. Sam Perley, thanks so much for joining us here, and good luck filling out your bracket. Thank you. You as well, and good luck to everyone else filling out their brackets. And don't overthink it. Yeah, don't overthink it. If you get a perfect one, buy lotto tickets. Yeah, that sounds good. I think yeah. I think I read real quick. I think quick. the odds are better in the lotto. <laughs> I saw the number real quick as I know we're wrapping up. I saw the, the the amount of different possibilities of brackets in terms of how many unique brackets. It's like 9.2 quintillion. I don't even know how big. That sounds like a really big number. I don't know how many zeros that is, but there's a perfect one out of 9.2 quintillion possibilities in the brackets. We'll take the ones out with the 16 seeds winning and then see if we can get that down to two quintillion. All right, he's Sam Purley of Hornets.com. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. We will talk to you tomorrow with a wrap-up edition looking back at tonight's Hornets versus Cavs game right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. 